Welcome back to the Baseball Dorks, everyone. This is episode 20. I'm your host, Fernando, joined by Ryan and Jesse. Guys, a lot has changed since our last pod. Um, and by a lot, I mean the standings have, uh, there are three spots that have changed. The uh, Yankees, Braves, and Reds have all jumped into wildcard spots or leading their division. And the A's, Phillies, and Padres have been bumped out, which is weird because for a long time, it felt like the wild card, um, really just like all the playoff spots were pretty much plateaued for a while. And then really in the last few weeks, things have kind of shifted around um, teams that were good, got cold, teams that were, uh, that were bad, got hot. Um, and now we're looking at a completely different playoff landscape. Uh, Jesse, what are your thoughts on the madness that we've seen in the last few weeks? I remember talking about the Reds potentially catching up to the Padres and we're, as like a, something that could potentially happen. We were like, right. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like they were like six, six or seven games back. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> But um, no, like that—that's the biggest surprise. The it, honestly, like I didn't think the Yankees would get this hot, but I wasn't—I'm not that surprised that the Yankees have surpassed the Red Sox at this point, and the Braves. I again, I didn't know that they'd get this hot, but again, they were kind of my pick to take that division. So, um, I'm. I'm I'm enjoying it. I, I like that there's been a lot of action. There's been a lot of really hot teams so far. It's been fun to watch. Now yeah, definitely. that I don't pay any attention to the Cubs. <laughs> yeah, uh, Ryan, what's been your most surprising team? I would have to agree that it's the Reds. I was kind of just thinking about what it was like at the beginning of the season, and we were how we thought about you know that the Padres and Dodgers are going to be competing for the West division title. And obviously we weren't, we weren't even thinking about the giants at the time. Um, but I, I think if you asked all of us at the beginning of the season, we would have said it was more likely that, that the Padres win the, the division than miss the playoffs entirely. And now it's looking yeah. like the reds are the favorites to take that spot. They have what a two game lead right now or one and a half or something like that. On, um, on what? The, the Reds over the Padres. Right, Reds over the Padres. Yeah, let me double check that real quick. It's like a game and a half or yeah, something like that. Yeah, um, it's two. Two games. Two. Yep. Yeah. So, <laughs> so the Reds have an easier schedule. I saw at least as of a few days, like the four or five days ago, the Padres had the hardest schedule left of any team. So they did face the Dodgers this week, got swept. So that takes at least one hard series out of the way that they oh, lost man. all the games in. Um they just split with the Angels in this two-game series, um, and I didn't see who they're playing next. But, yeah, they they actually – I saw their record against below 500 teams is close to 500. They've actually played really well against good teams. They've just, for some reason, struggled against bad teams. The, um, which is the, the, the Padres. Reds, oh, the Padres. The Padres. Padres. Yeah. yeah, Padres uh, against uh, teams 500 or better are 32-25. and 25. So mm-hmm. yeah, while really the good. Reds are twenty nine and thirty five, mm-hmm. yeah, um, but yeah, you're right. That that like strength of schedule really starts to matter, um, especially when and and the the first thing that'll tell you that are the Mets. 
um, when they had uh, that stretch of uh, Dodgers, Giants, Dodgers, Giants. Um, yeah, for real. They went like 2-11 and 11 gosh. or 2 and Who 13. made that schedule? Yeah. Who made okay. that schedule? <laughs> real, qu- real quick about that. I have a, an aside about the schedule thing. I also hate that because if you think about it, let's say that they've been doing this a lot where you play a home and home within a week. So you'll play yeah. on the road and then at home against the same team within a week. And that happens throughout the whole year. It's been like a recent change. And what doesn't make sense to – to me about that is you only play your out of division opponents twice per year, once at home, once on the road. So let's say you play the nationals. Now they're terrible. Like you're going to get six or seven easy games, but if you played them at the beginning of the season or in June, let's say when Schwarber was hitting a home run every day and Soto was starting to go off and really they were playing good baseball for a while, then that's, a tough six games. So I feel like the series should, should really be spread out more um, to, to kind of make that more even rather than getting a clumps of six or seven games all at once. So like the Cardinals yeah. just played the Royals and Pirates twice each within like a two week span. <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. like, what is going on here? This is bizarre. Yeah. It's um, no wonder so the Cardinals yeah. are back in the race again. For real. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't really think they're um, much of a threat, but yeah. Yeah. Same. Um, that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. Um, like another example is the Cubs Sox crosstown series. Like that's usually so much fun, usually so competitive. It has been the last few years because even though the white Sox haven't been uh, this competitive, they've still been getting better. Um, but for <laughs> this year, the first series was played, I think uh, the weekend that the trade deadline was uh, uh, occurred. So we had the crosstown classic having a, a really good White Sox team with 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 uh, some pieces from the old Cubs team and a triple A version of the Cubs roster. So, yeah, like if that series happened earlier in the year, it would have been much more competitive, would have drawn a lot more fans, would have gotten so much more attention. But now that it happened, um, it kind of like, you know, condensed and all post deadline. Um, honestly, it's a, it's it's a, it's a it's going to be a rather forgettable crosstown classic. It's a shame, yeah. Cause I was at the game yesterday. I mean, it's not it's not like that competitive. People people care, but it's not the same. It would make more sense to have a se- like if they're only going to play each other twice, then one should be early in the season and one should be later in the season, not both in the second half. Yeah, or at least one like I don't I think in the past they did it like the first series was in May and then the second series was in June or July. Which that, that makes a lot more sense, you know. Post or, or pre-deadline, um, you get the competitive version of both teams. I think that makes the most sense. Um, but yeah, but I, I think we already kind of touched on this. We got started on it, but let's just browse through the standings real quick just to see where we are with one month left to go. It's weird. It's it's wild. Like we're we're down to the last uh, to the last month of the season here. So AL East, Tampa Bay Rays are on a six-game winning streak. They've won nine out of ten. Um, they have a comfortable five-game lead on the Yankees who are closely followed by the Boston Red Sox that are seven games back, and then the Blue Jays. They've been really disappointing. Uh, I really thought that they would um, you know, get hot and then really just make a, a push, but they're 13 and a half back, currently six and a half back of a wild card spot, so it's not like their wild card chances are looking that good anyways. Um, so let's do this. Who do you guys think will win the division, and who do you guys want to win the division? So I think the Yankees will overtake the Rays. I really think they will. Um, Yankees have just gotten that hot. They're getting Kluber back soon. They might get Severino back at some point in September. Like they're only getting better while other teams already have what they have. 
And yeah, they might have a few pieces coming back from the injured list, but overall, like the rest of the teams are pretty much set. Whereas the Yankees are getting legit impact players back. Um, and I think that'll really help them. Uh, that'll really benefit them down the stretch. So I think the Yankees will win the AL East, but I want the Tampa Bay Rays. Ryan, how about you? Um, let's see. At the beginning of this season, I, my pick was the Yankees. And then mid-season, I went to the Rays. And I, I think I'm going to stick with Tampa Bay um, from here on out for the rest of the season as the team that I think. Uh, just because they have so few holes. And like I've said in the past, I just trust their process more than anybody. Um, and I don't see them going on an extended losing streak. Obviously, anything is possible, but if any team is going to just steady the ship for the rest of the season, to me, it's the Rays. And the Yankees have been playing a bit over their heads, obviously, with the 12-game winning streak. Um, they look much better now and much more fitted for the playoffs. And you mentioned Kluber coming back and possibly Severino, but I don't know, Kluber's been out for a while. It was a shoulder injury. Do we really trust that he's going to be good or be able to stay healthy? And Severino, I don't really think he's going to contribute much at all maybe 10 innings out of the pen I don't, I don't really know if you're going to get much from him at this point um they just shut his rehab down when he um had another injury pop up so yeah i still think with that big of a lead and the two teams are probably maybe equivalent in how i feel about their win-loss records going forward so i'll take the team that has the four game lead yeah that's a pretty good point you bring up because yeah because even though the yankees have been red hot lately like i mean you know, eventually they're going to have to cool down. So maybe their next 20 games will be they win 11 or 12 out of their next 20. That's still good, but it's not as hot as they have been, and it'll give the teams around them a kind of a chance to, like, pick, pick things up a bit. Um, yeah, I, I like that. Jesse? People haven't really – we haven't really mentioned just how hot the Rays are, too. Like, both the Rays and the Yankees are 9-1 and one in their last 10 games. Yep. And the Rays have won six in a row. So, like, they're, they're blazing hot, too. They'll, they could probably cool down, but – um, I'll stick with the Rays taking the division. Um, I just think that they're, they're so good that they're going to keep winning. They're going to keep winning. I don't see them like, I don't see any way that they fall apart and lose many games. Um, something that I wouldn't leave completely out given that it's only a two game difference right now is Boston taking the while the wild card spot from the Yankees at some point that's not I feel like that is just as possible as the Yankees passing the Rays because they're yeah. pretty close and honestly like the Red the Red Sox went through like a rut but they've won a couple games in a row I, I still think that that's a deadly offense with sale back as well they're they're good if they can figure out bullpen issues I was gonna say if if, if Matt Barnes can be uh um uh, acceptable once again that'd be great yeah that'd be that'd be nice but uh, yeah my yeah. point is i just think that boston still isn't out of it everyone's just counting them out i think they they still have a decent play mm-hmm. yeah uh we'll touch on the orioles later um al central white Sox. um i feel like we're all we all think the white Sox are gonna win that division and i think we all want them to win the division i know my preseason pick was the minnesota twins but um i ditched that a couple months ago uh, White Sox up by 10 in the division, followed by the Tigers, 12 and a half, Royals, 15 back, and Twins, 17 back. Um, they're the only team, the White Sox, only team in the division with a positive run differential, plus 127. Uh, yeah, they're they just running away with this division. And uh, I think by the time the season ends, they'll be, <laughs> they'll win it by like 15 or 16 games. Like it'll be that, that bad. Um, any thoughts, Ryan? Uh, 
Yeah, not in particular. Um, I mean, you guys will talk enough about how good the White Sox are. The one thing I'll mention about the Central is I've talked about this team, I feel like, a bunch throughout the season and especially more recently. I really like the Indians. Not so much for this year, obviously, just because they're so far back. But going into next season with a possible starting rotation of Bieber and Savali both coming back from injury. And then right now you have Mackenzie, who's been pitching incredible. Fleestek, who is a solid back-end pitcher. And Cal Quantrill has been one of the best pitcher in baseball in the last (laughs) month. He's been unbelievable. They traded traded Clevenger for him. And they're they're a, a pitching factory. Anyone that they bring up, it's just all of a sudden a beast. Um, they have Eli Morgan, who has been up and down, but could be a potential like six starter swingman. Um, and to me, their offense looks better than it has really at any point in the last 10 years. Jose Ramirez is just as good as he has been. Fran Mill is incredible. Ahmed Rosario and, and Miles Straw at the top of the lineup isn't amazing, but it's much better than what they've had. Um, Bradley Zimmer is the best version of himself right now. Looks like an above average major league player, which he has not at any point. Um, so this looks like, yeah, for real. Like he's been hitting 480 foot homers. Um, yeah. And then Bobby Bradley at first base. So this, this to me looks like a legitimate team, a team that could challenge the White Sox next year and uh, a team that I think will probably be a, a favorite to make the playoffs. Oh, wow. Well, I guess it depends on the playoff structure for next year. You know, if it's like the, the same structure we're seeing this year. Um, even if with, it's the same, I, th- I think that they would so. be... I think that they would be one of the teams most likely to snag a wild card spot because I still think that they're multiple years away, and I think the Twins are going down. Okay. All right. Um, so, hot take. The Cleveland Guardians will be good next season. The Cleveland yes. Guardians, baby. Yeah, and the, I didn't even mention the bullpen where Class A is a top five to ten reliever in baseball potentially. Um, looks incredible. Obviously, they're worried about Karen Shack right now. Um, yeah, his stuff has totally uh, fell apart. Um, but we know that Cleveland has been able to put a bullpen together better than anyone. Brian Shaw looked like the worst reliever in baseball for a three-year stretch. He goes back to Cleveland. He's good again. Um, so I, I just trust Cleveland, kind of like I trust Tampa Bay's process in terms of putting a lineup and putting a pitching staff together i trust cleveland's process of building pitchers they just do it better than anybody shane Bieber yeah. was not a strikeout pitcher when he first was like coming through their system and they've developed him into one of the best strikeout pitchers in baseball and they've done it repeatedly over and over and over so if i'm going to put my trust in one team it's a team that just has developed pitchers like no other so i see mckenzie please a lot of these guys taking steps forward yeah. So I know you're all hot in the Guardians and all that, and the White Sox are good, but I'm going to throw one more team into the mix here. Okay. Um, since May 8th, the Detroit Tigers are 53-43, and 43, so nearly over a 100-game sample. They're 10 games over 500. Can and you explain best, to me how they're doing that? And that is the sixth best record in the American League in that time period. So if the season to started me, a month terrible. later... <laughs> but my point lineup. is... They have Miggy hitting fourth. Right, right, right. Um, so I guess that's like a, I guess that, that really speaks volumes of how bad the rest of the division is, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, but they are a team that uh, they'll be getting, you know, their top prospects coming up next year. 
the players that they have this year uh, who have been playing well are starting to develop like their pitchers, Mize, Scooble, um, and then they're going to be active in free agency. So the Tigers rebuild may be coming to an end, and they, I think they might challenge the Guardians for, uh, for second place in that division next year. Aren't you worried about the lineup, year, though? Yeah, yeah, which is which is honestly where I think they where they might you know I think they might get like a lock up some like a, a long term offensive piece to kind of help that lineup out and then a bunch of the younger guys that are um, that have been developing this year will really help really help out. I mean, don't get me wrong, I don't, I'm not gonna call it the Tigers a playoff team next year, mm-hmm. but I don't think they'll be like a, um, you know fighting they're, for the they're base. They're gonna be a they're they're gonna be a young up and coming team. Yeah, yeah, like, a potential shot. Yeah, I mean, like if Torgelson and Riley Green coming up. Yeah, yeah. If Mize, Manning, Scooball all like take step for steps forward next year, and they're good, and then you have Torkelson coming up next year, Riley Green might come up. Um, Like, there's a lot to look forward to. They can definitely have kind of like a calm before the storm type of season next year, where you're like. Yeah, I feel like their 2022 season could really be like, watch out for the rest of the decade. This team could be coming, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to say that they're going to contend next year. I don't believe it, but we'll see a lot of like the seeds have been planted or the seeds have been set this year. We're going to start seeing them grow next year. I think, too, uh, uh, they're in – not obviously not quite a similar situation to the angels because they didn't have all this young talent, but just in a similar situation in terms of waiting for that big contract to come off the books. Mickey has two more years after this one. And he said, he's going to retire after that. So I feel like obviously they're going to try to compete while he's still under contract, but that's going to be a huge step forward once they're able to spend 38 million or whatever it is on other players. Yeah. And one thing about Miguel Cabrera, I mean, we'll touch on the fact that he hit, I guess we can do that right now. He had his 500th home run last week. Um, but it's weird. Like, unlike the other, you know, giant albatross contracts that just, you know, are just a complete waste, like, you know, like the Pujols contract was, um, for, for example, uh, Miggy has still been rather productive in his time in Detroit. Like, don't get me wrong. He's not like a, a middle uh, cleanup hitter anymore. He's not a top of the order guy anymore, but he still has been, somewhat productive, um, which is making this a bit easier to kind of like, you know, absorb if you're a Tigers fan. Um, however, with two more years, um, I don't expect that to that same level of, of uh, you know, replacement level average production to uphold. And it's going to be a tough uh, next couple of years. I mean, he already hit his 500th home run. So I think at most he might get like another maybe 25, 30. Um, uh, but, but yeah. <laughs> And I would say even saying being productive at this point might be a stretch. He has the 93 WRC plus as a DH. So about league average. Yeah. Close to league average. And as a DH, yeah. you, you want better than that. Yeah. So for 38 million. I guess like negative, my point negative, was like negative war. It's not like he has a, you know, a 500 OPS, barely any power left. Like he's still going to finish with like mid upper teens, you know, with, with home runs, which, uh, I don't know. I'm, I guess I'm just trying to soften the blow for Tigers fans a little bit. But <laughs> it's uh, it, it it could be worse. It could be worse. But could definitely um, be worse. Yeah. All right. Barely. <laughs> Barely. AL West. Houston Astros lead the division by six and a half games over the Oakland A's. Uh, another team that's taken a big a big downfall as of late. 
Seattle Mariners, eight and a half back. Angels, 14 back. Rangers, 33 back. Um, I think the Astros are going to win the division, but I want Oakland. I don't think it's going to happen, though. I think the Astros are going to run, run away with this. They're just significantly better. Um, 187 uh, plus 187 run differential for the Astros and plus 59 for the A's. So they're over 100 runs better um, than the A's. You guys agree? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Houston. Houston's the best team in that division. Oakland and the Mariners are fighting for a wild card spot only, I believe. And yep, it'll be tough for them to. It'll be tough for them to get it, but it's possible. Um, yep. I don't think Seattle's going to, but Oakland. They've been playing bad right now. They're kind of on the opposite side of the spectrum, where we think that like we've seen them get into a rut before and then win a bunch of games in a row that they're just a street. They seem to be a streaky team all year. So they've lost a bunch. Now they might win a bunch and be right back in the race. So I don't know, but I don't think they're going to compete for the division. I think the Astros are by far the better team. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I I just feel bad for the A's team, the A's fans, because I don't know, they were right there in the division. They, Gave up Lazardo for her Marte. It looked like they were kind of making a push for this year. And then their starting center fielder, Loriano, gets suspended for 80 games. And you're like, okay, wow, this is a huge blow. But they still have a really good team. It's going to be fine. And then their best pitcher, Chris Bassett, gets hit in the head with a line drive. And you're just like, this is un- unbelievable. Like, how can this happen within, what, like a two-week span? They lost yep. two of their best players. Yeah, and um, that's a team that so, yeah, that, that afford that. Right. They needed everyone on that team to be playing at that level or, or higher to, to be able to catch the Astros or really even to make the playoffs. Um, and we've seen since those two things have happened, they've um, gone on this sl- small losing streak. Yeah. Um, but, but they're still right there. And they, I, I haven't looked at the schedule, but being able to play in the West, they should have at least a few easy series uh, for the rest of the season. And they'll definitely have a shot. Um, I don't know if they're a favorite anymore at this point. Probably they're like two or three games behind Boston for the second spot. So um, I think uh, most people would take Boston to take that second spot over them at this point. But they're still right there, and they definitely have a chance. Um, but, yeah, Houston's going to win this. They should win this. They're, they're the much better team, um, although it would be very cool to see Oakland come back. Yeah, yeah. So let's pivot over to the wild card real quick. Uh, the Yankees are have the top uh, top slot right now. They're up by two over the Boston Red Sox, and the Oakland A's are the first ones sitting out right now. They're three and a half back of Boston. Seattle's five and a half back, and Toronto's six and a half back. Um, I think uh, they're Toronto's maybe the last team that has a legit shot because then Cleveland's ten back. So, um, but yeah, I would love to see. Um, so in, in my prediction, I, I said the Yankees are going to end up overtaking the Rays. So that would put the Rays as the number one wild card team. And I do think Boston will end up playing them. So I think it's going to be a Boston, Oakland, I'm sorry, Boston, uh, Tampa wild card game. Uh, and then unfortunately, yeah, Oakland's going to have to sit out. And with Oakland, do you guys think that if they don't, if they don't do it this year, they're going to tear down and kind of rebuild? I don't know if they would do a full on rebuild. I mean, Billy Bean isn't as much in charge anymore, but when he has been the guy, he's never really ever done that. But he has obviously taken step back, steps back, like when he traded Donaldson. And I could see them doing something like that just because they have 
so many players reaching arbitration this year. I remember seeing their class. It was like Manaya, Matt Chapman, Matt Olson as the main guys, but it was like four or five other big pieces or not, not wow. as big, but main, main pieces that were reaching arbitration for the first time. Um, so you could definitely see them dangling Manaya, Montas, Olsen or Chapman maybe, but I think the pitchers would probably be more likely uh, to be dealt just for some younger players kind of trying to retool and keep a few of the guys, but they're going to have to move some of them because obviously they, they probably won't even be able to keep any of them long, long term. Yeah, exactly. um, but even me, even medium long term, I don't see them keeping all of these guys. So yeah, if, if Oakland doesn't make it, I see some sort of a, a turnaround, but I don't see like a, a, a full on tear down like the Cubs just did. Yeah. Um, yeah. One the, thing. I, oh, you go ahead, Jesse. I was just going to say, like, I'm I'm checking out like the rankings for the top uh, farm systems right now, and I'm down to number 21. I still have not seen the A's. Um, I'm guessing they don't have the best farm yet. Number 28 out of 30. So that like. <laughs> They, I'm guessing they don't really have much of a farm system right now, so they they can't really be in much of a rebuild. I guess if they want to rebuild, then they'd have to go kind of hard with it. Yeah. I feel like if they yeah. think they have a chance to win now, like next year, then they really need to try and go for it. So their current payroll for this year was $88 million. Um, and if they do with the next CBA, I, actually we, we didn't bring this up that they might uh, institute a um, a salary floor at a hundred million. So if that were to happen, it wouldn't yeah, we'll impact see. the A's that much because I mean they would only have to add an extra twelve million. That might be like I don't know, like it, it, they could seriously take take care of that just from paying their guys in arbitration. Honestly, uh, they can get to that that threshold there. Um, I guess that could be another topic for like maybe uh, um, you know shortly after the postseason we can speculate on, on, on what that would do for baseball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but yeah, A's uh, yeah they're they're in a bit of trouble right now, um, and uh, they're playing the Yankees right now in a four game set. Yankees have won two of the three so far. Game four is today. Um, so it'd be, yeah, it'd be great if the A's can walk away with that with a split. Um, let's move over to the National League. <laughs> Let's start with the East. Um, wow, that division. Uh, it started off with the Mets being like the heavy favorite all throughout, all throughout. And then the Phillies took over for like a week. Um, and they had a pretty good uh, hold on the division for a bit. And then the Braves got red hot. So now the Braves lead the division by four and a half. Mets are seven and a half back. Um, and the Braves are the only team in that division with a positive run differential, uh, plus 83 run differential there. So I want... I want the Braves to win the division, and I think the Braves will win the division. I'm going to get off my Mets wagon. I said the Mets will win the World Series this year um, in my preseason predictions, but I doubt they're even going to make the playoffs. I was um, right. You guys were wrong. I said they were bad. <laughs> yeah. All right, Jesse. But <laughs> they've, <laughs> no, they've been pretty injury-ridden. I, I, they'd be in a much better spot if they had Cindergard and DeGrom in that rotation right now. Yeah. But, that's not the case. So um, I think it's kind of funny how like last year in the NFL, the NFC East was the worst, like no good teams. And so everyone called it the NFC least. And this year, <laughs> the NL East is clearly the NL least. But um, I like um, 
the Braves are pulling away. I thought last pod I said I could see Philly maybe getting hot and staying on top, but the Braves have just been on fire, and I think they're probably more well-rounded and just better than the Phillies and the Mets have too far to go now. So I think the Braves are there to stay at the top of that division for the rest of the year, barring any – big injuries like if they lost Freeman or something like that mm-hmm. Ryan yeah I too obviously was big on the Mets and I feel like there are there's sometimes you know you go out on a limb for a team or you think a team's gonna be good and then it's just clear that they're not but to me in this case with the Mets it was injury underperformance a lot of factors that I think if like if you played the season a hundred times I still think the Mets win the division the most often um, I still think they're the most talented team and missing DeGrom for any period of time is just such a big blow because every time he's out there you feel especially this year you just feel like it's an automatic win and when they were going on some of these losing streaks just to have him on the mound would have been huge and he's only thrown like 80 or 90 innings this year so missing 90 plus innings of DeGrom would obviously make up a huge chunk of this gap at this point. Um, but I think for the Braves, it's just really worked out for them, both with underperformance from other teams in the division. And then we talked multiple times already about what they did at the deadline to address some of their needs and just really kind of wondering why other teams don't do this. They've gotten lucky with how well Solaire has played, but being able to plug Solaire and well, Eddie Rosario is back now, but they got Jack Peterson and Adam Duvall, being able to plug all of those guys into their lineup was just such a big upgrade. You were going from 80, 90 WRC plus guys to 110, 120 with the way these guys are hitting right now. Uh, maybe a little, a little bit lower for Jock. But um, being able to do that with Travis Darno also coming back, Ian Anderson's also coming back today. They had a super easy schedule right as all of this was going on. So it was kind of just this like confluence of factors that led to the Braves going on this big run. They do have a harder schedule coming up, um, and the Mets does get a little bit easier. So this will be a big like two- or three-week stretch to see if the Mets can keep this close. I don't believe in the Phillies, never really have, and especially with Hoskins now out for the season, their lineup is not deep enough. You kind of look at, at, at the Phillies lineup, and that's what, kind of what the Braves lineup looked like before at the deadline, a bunch of good hitters at the top and then just bad hitters at the bottom. And the Phillies didn't address it, and the Braves did. So that's kind of where I stand. The Braves have a better bullpen, too, and a better rotation. So, yeah, at, at, at this point, I think you'd be foolish not to say the Braves are going to win this division. Yeah. Um, one comment I do want to make, when you said that the um, whenever DeGrom goes on the mound, it's pretty much like a guaranteed win for the Mets, even though they've been like pretty much a 500 team, even though DeGrom has been starting because of the lack of run support they give them. I mean, stuff like that, it's, that's, what, that's what sinks your season. Like when you take a guaranteed win and turn it mm-hmm. into like a 500 record, it's like, I'm sorry. Like I, if, if you can't win those guaranteed games, like if you can't have like a, an 800 winning percentage, whenever your ground's on the mound, like that you're, you're just really missing your opportunities there. Like, for example, like let's say uh, what the ground's had uh, 15 starts this year. Like if, if they won, let's say an extra five or six of them, they'd be, you know, a game away from the wild card or a game away from the, from the division right now. So that's what separates like the the elite teams from the, you know, kind of pretenders. If you ask me, yeah, it's just been bizarre how bad their offense has been because so you feel bad. like they have the the pieces to mix and match. And obviously, none of us love the Lindor deal. I think I hated it the most, but none of us expected him to be this bad. 
Um, really, Pete Alonso has been good, and that's about it. Like, Conforto's underperformed. Nimmo has been decent. Um, McNeil's underperformed. Dom Smith has underperformed. J.D. Davis has been hurt. Javi. Uh, um, and then, um, yeah, they just got Javi. He's Javi. And then James McCann has not been very good. So you just look up and down their lineup. It's just underperformance all the way through, which is – yeah, kind of. What, what, you, you don't expect to see that from a whole team. It's really the the opposite of the Giants, where you look at everyone having a career year, everyone's having an anti career year with the Mets. Yeah. Um. To give some additional context to that, runs scored this year, the Mets rank 29th in baseball. That makes no sense. With 479 runs scored, and the only team that's behind them are the Pittsburgh Pirates, who only have 13 runs less. Only thirteen. They're going to make some 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 big changes. Conforto's a free agent, so he'll be gone. Um, obviously, they're going to have Lindor, but I don't I don't see Baez sticking around. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see, we'll see what they do with like McNeil and Dom Smith. I could see them moving one of them and really trying to build this team around Alonzo Lindor and then whatever supplemental pieces they bring in, um, better offensive pieces, hopefully to fill out the outfield corners. They could use a, a better third baseman as well. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, yeah, they they need a. Um, it just feels like the Mets, no matter what they do, they just and whatever players they bring on that they think will just be big, they just end up either underperforming or just injured. Yeah. It's 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 awful. Um, they will have Syndergaard back next year too, though, so that'll help. Right? Yeah. Which, by the way, Syndergaard tested positive for COVID today, so I doubt he's going to be back. <laughs> so, um, yes. well, yikes! The National League Central. Uh, the Brewers, I feel like, have been leading this division since like May. They're up by seven and a half on the on the Cincinnati Reds and the St. Louis Cardinals. The surging Redbirds are eleven games back. Uh, Cubs 20, 21 and a half games back, and the Pirates are thirty one games back. Uh, Brewers are going to win this division, and I wanted them to win this division. Um, but the Reds seven and a half back. Ryan, do they have any chance whatsoever of winning this division, or is it already the Brewers? They have a chance. Um, okay. They. I think they just lost two out of three in Mo- in Milwaukee. Is that right? They Sounds just, they just right. played. Yep. I'm pretty pretty sure they lost two out of three. Um, so that would have been big if they could have won that series. They did avoid getting swept in the last game. But I, I think they have a, a small chance. I haven't looked to see if they play each other because depending if they do, that will obviously um, help the Reds a lot if they play multiple times especially. But even if they play once more, that'd be huge. Um, the Brewers are heavy, heavy favorites. They're the better team. Well, but let's um, l- Let's dive into it. So they play the Marlins today. They wrap up their series against the Marlins. That's, that series has been a split. And yes, you're right. They did lose two of three to the, to the Brewers. Uh, then they got the Cardinals for three um, at home. The Tigers for three at home. They're going to Chicago to, visit, to play the Cubs for three. St. Louis for three. Pirates for three. So it's so far really easy. Yeah. Um, and then you got the Dodgers for three. That's going to be tough. Okay. And then the Pirates for three. Nationals for four. Wow. White Sox for two, and then they wrap up with Pirates for three. So they could so lose. So they, they don't play the Brewers at all. But no, they don't. That's really easy schedule. Yeah. That's the super. Pirates tw- twice. They play the Tigers, Pirates three times. Nats, three times. Three wow, series against the Pirates. Yeah, and I, yeah. all I heard, I heard like the White Sox for two and the Dodgers two? for three. So that's three. five okay. tough that's games for the rest of the season. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, what? Uh, yeah, exactly. Five. Five games over teams over 500 for the rest of the year. That's really bad news for the Padres also, if you think about it. <laughs> Horrible news for the yeah, Padres. Yeah, terrible. Because the Padres Yikes. also have the hardest schedule. 
Yeah. All right. I, I, I have to do it. I have to do it. I have to look at the Padre schedule. Oh, God, that's going to be so bad. Yeah. Um, who do they play today? They don't play. They have that oh, weird they don't, two don't play. That's right. I'm trying, I'm trying to find their... Okay. Um, but they played yesterday against the Angels. All right, here's what they got. Padres. <laughs> so they got the D-backs for three. That's going to be nice. Then they got the Astros for three, Angels for two, Dodgers for three, Giants for four, Cardinals Yikes. for three, Giants for three, Braves for four, Dodgers for three, Giants oh. for three. Oh, no. Wow. This might not even be close. No, it won't even be close. <sighs> wow. Like the Cardinals might pass the Padres. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not good. That's not awful. Good. They desperately need they desperately need the Giants to finally choke, and that's just probably not going to happen. Yeah, they're they're so, too far back from the. They're not going to catch either of the Dodgers or Giants. Yeah, their only chance really is the Reds at this point. Yeah, so, with, so with those two schedules. Yeah, so whereas the Reds have five games with uh, facing teams over five hundred. The Padres only have six games facing teams below 500. Oh, wow. And they're already two games behind. And uh, th- they have three, all these injuries. No, wait, no, sorry. Oh, yeah, right, right. Two, two. Wait, what was it? Padres are currently two. Yeah, two games behind. Two yeah. games back, yeah. Yeah. Wow. And wow, all the I did not think it would be that hard. Yeah, so that's not good. Okay, last team, Fernando, pull up the Brewers so we can uh, give our prediction on, on, on the Central. Yep. Yeah. Um, I, I would love to compare because so the Reds have the really easy one. The Brewers is probably easy too, just because they're facing all these central teams. So and they're Brewers. not going to have to face the Reds. So Brewers are currently on a three-game losing streak. Uh, if they lose today to the Twins, that, that that would be a sweep. So they need to win that one. Uh, and, the Twins. So then they got Giants for four, Cardinals for three, Phillies for three, Indians for three, Tigers for two, Cubs for three. Cardinals for four, Mets for three, Cardinals for three, and they wrap up with Dodgers for three. Wow. So that's, I mean, that's not nearly as that's... hard as the Padres, but it's a lot harder than the Reds. Yeah, it's like the middle schedule there. So um, I think I'm, I'm a little more confident oh. now in, in what I was saying that the Reds have, have a chance here. I, I don't think it's likely. Oh. I would still, I don't know, give the Brewers a 90% chance yeah, to win the division or more just because the lead is so big and they're so good. But the Reds have a chance, and this—it's just kind of interesting how we how we were all kind of thinking, oh, Reds Padres is going to be the race to watch in the National League down the stretch. It might actually be Reds Brewers. Yep. Yeah. So right now the Reds are seven and a half back. I think they'll finish the season like two back. Like it'll Definitely be possible. It'll, it'll get it'll get really close. Imagine um, after all of that, if they could like play the last like series of the year, or if they ended up tied and played a game one sixty three or something, that would be really that'd be cool. great. That'd be awesome. Um, yeah, so right now, as it stands, the Brewers are the only team in the division that has a, uh, plus 500 record against teams over 500. Uh, the Reds are 29 and 29 and 35, but yeah, like I said, they won't be facing many teams below, uh, over 500 going forward. So yeah, that's gonna be a lot closer than I thought it would be. Um, we'll, we'll touch the on the wild have, card shortly. The Reds just have everything click, click, clicking right now too. It's not... Like they just, you know, ran into a really easy part of their schedule or rattled off of a bunch of one-run wins or something. They have a legitimate playoff team right now. Where When you look at 
Winker and Castellanos being good all season at the top of the lineup. And then you just add Joey Votto hitting like an MVP. Yeah. Right India, in rookie of the year. Yeah. India, one of the best leadoff hitters, OBP over 400. Yeah. Um, they add back Mike Moustakis. Their outfield isn't great in center, but they have been able to at least plug and play. Aquino's been okay and, and can mash lefties at least. Yeah. Um, and then their, their pitching staff, you look in Luis Castillo, looks like himself again. <laughs> yeah. Sonny Gray is starting to look like himself again. Um, Miley has been Wade good all Sealy. And, and, and yeah, Wade Miley has been good. So it's four really good starters. Oh, wow. And then you talk about the bullpen. I kind of wish they had addressed it sooner, but you add back Lorenzen from injury. You trade for Michael Givens. You trade for Luis Sessa and Justin Wilson. That's four Sucks pretty good arms. We'll see about Wilson. But, yeah, they did lose Antone to Tommy John, um, who was probably their best reliever. But that's still some legitimate arms to pair with who they already had. Um, and their bullpen looks pretty solid again. So I don't really see any holes on the Reds right now. Um, they kind of look similar to the Brewers, but they have maybe a little worse pitching but more power. Yeah. Um, quick quick note, I, I just looked at it. Uh, is it weird that the Tigers are five games better than the Cubs right now? Like considering the Cubs have been competitive, competitive, were competitive up until you know the end of July, but the Tigers have been like rebuild mode this whole season. Like that's just mind blowing to me. The Cubs have just been so bad since they traded guys away. So yeah, anyways, wisdom and (laughs) yeah, yeah, and and Ortega. Don't forget Ortega. And and Ortega. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, National League West. Okay. It's August 29th. By now, I'm sure all of us were hoping, that, not hoping, we're thinking the Giants would be um, out of first by now. But nope, they still have a two and a half game lead over the Dodgers. And the, <laughs> and the Padres are closer to the Rockies than they are to the Dodgers in the standings. At, uh, 16, 16 games back. Okay, real uh, quick on the Rockies, because I know we're not going to talk about them. But I knew the Rockies would not be as bad as people said they would. That's just you, my, you, you, my, you did my, call my, that. You did call quick that. Rocky side. They're not that bad. I don't. Everyone was just freaking out because of the bad PR with Arenado. They are not that bad. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that, was, that was my fifty-nine and seventy, and they only have a minus thirty-nine run differential. Exactly. Like they have. They're not even close to a contender. Not they're not a good team. Yeah. But they're not the Pirates, and that yeah. was very also weird. fun little fact that I just noticed by looking at it here. Um, the Rockies are tied with. The Dodgers for the best home best record. Home record. In the league. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. That is wild. 20, they're 43 and 22 at home. And then they, they just, just matched at home. Game. I know. Who, and then who was the, it who has the worst home record? Was it the Orioles? Yeah, the Orioles. They're 19 and 43 at home. That's embarrassing. That's tough. I want to say real quick, too, wow. on the. Uh, the Arenado trade looks really good for the Rockies also. Now it does, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I liked it for the Rockies at the time. I feel like I was maybe one of the only people. But getting rid of that contract and getting six cheap years of Austin Gomber looks really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That, that's been great. Um, yeah, I'm really, really curious to see what the, what the Cardinals are going to do this offseason. That's going to be yeah. – Because really, <laughs> I don't know can opt out. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Um <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure what they're going to do. But even okay, even with all those positive things being said about the Rockies, 
we might as well just talk about the top three teams because I don't see the Rockies being competitive at any time soon with how good um, those teams are. But you, you meant, for now you mentioned the Giants. And I, I feel like the reason that they haven't fallen off is they have such a deep team at this point. And that even in when two or three guys have gotten injured or started to underperform, they've just been able to plug someone else in. And then when they traded for Brian, got Lastella back from injury, got Longoria back, although he got injured again. But, again, it just didn't matter because they have Wilmer Flores. Or they, have, they just always have someone else. Um, and that's just what the good teams do nowadays is they have three or four guys to, to play every single position so they're never left screwed. It's, cra- it's crazy that they just seem like an ageless team too because, like, Brandon Crawford and Buster Posey are having, like, the best seasons of their career. And they're all – they're both, like, well – beyond their peak years so it's like mm-hmm. and belt yeah and belt Longoria was doing well too it's just like mm-hmm. time was not a factor for the Giants players this year yeah no it's yeah. funny because even if you look at their underlying numbers like their expected win loss even those numbers say that the Giants are overperforming um they're, they're supposed to be six back of the Dodgers according to the expected win loss but yet they're two and a half in front I just feel like the Giants won't get any respect, even if they finish with the best record in baseball. Even um, uh, when it comes to postseason predictions, I'm sure the vast majority will say they'll lose in the division series, regardless of who they play. They just <laughs> like they're just like, despite how good they've been playing, they just haven't convinced anyone that they're yeah. they, they are for real. I think the Padres might be the only team who people would pick them over at this point. But if they were facing even the Reds, maybe. But, yeah, definitely the Dodgers. Um, But I I think that's fair. I think the Dodgers are definitely the better team. And I said it a few weeks ago, and I I think I would say it again right now, that that I think the Dodgers are going to win this division, that they're the the better team. And adding Scherzer and Trey Turner as another dimension to this team. Although, as I mentioned before, it's filling in for Bauer and Kershaw who are out, um, which is huge. If you imagine a rotation with all those guys, you might as well quit. But yeah, it does feel like um, the Dodgers are, are the best team. I, I would be pretty surprised if they don't win the division, although not shocked because the Giants are very solid, as I mentioned. Mm-hmm. They are. Um, the, the Dodgers are also a lot more well-equipped for a wild card game if they need to be in one. Like, yeah. <laughs> yes, I think so. Although, although I was just mentioning this, I don't know if the Giants start Gosman anymore because I don't. Logan Webb is just pitching like one of the better pitchers in the league, and that's how Gosman was pitching in the first half. But he hasn't pitched that way in months. And I saw something the other day that he has some sort of hip injury that's been bothering him. So you gotta wonder if the drop in performance has anything to do with that injury. With Logan Webb pitching as well as he has, I am not sure if the Giants don't just throw Webb out there to start the wild card game if they're in it. Ooh, any chance that they, they kind of like um like piggyback? You know, like they have like Gossman go. I, I think, I think they could. Couple but and, I, I, th- uh-huh. I think they go Webb. I if especially if, if it's, the trends continue as they do as they have been mm-hmm. for the next few weeks. I definitely see them going with Webb. If Gosman has a few really good starts down the stretch, then I, I think they might go back to Gosman. Um, but a, a lot of the wild card is, I don't want to say going with a hot hand because I don't, I don't really believe in that. But if a guy has been pitching better for three months straight, to me that's enough of a sample size to say um, this is the better pitcher right now. This is who I, I trust the most in this game to win this game. Um, and it's a, a, a one 
win this game or go home scenario. So um, I don't know. You, it's not like you can really mess around or worry about egos. You got to throw the best guy out there. And to me, that might be Logan Webb. Yeah. Who, are the, yeah. who are the Reds starting in a wild card game? Castillo. That's probably. also a good question. That's also, yeah, for, for a different reason. Um, Either Castillo or Sonny Gray, probably. Yeah, I think Castillo. But if Sonny Gray keeps pitching like he has been, there is a case for him as well. I think that Malley is a clear third. Oh, wow, no love for Wade Miley. Yeah, I, I just don't. Not, not, I don't not, not the, the baseball Miley. reference war leader? Yeah, very good pitcher, but I just can't trust a guy with an 18% strikeout rate in a wild card game. It's just not something that I want to do. I don't mind throwing him out there for four or five innings, in a, even in a division series, especially against a team like the Dodgers who don't hit lefties that well. But I, I still just worry about, about the contact. I want the swing and miss. I want Castillo's 98-mile-an-hour sinkers and his sliders and his change-ups. I want Sonny Gray's nasty two-seamers. I, I, I don't want Wade Miley pitching to contact against yeah. the Dodgers. Um, real quick, the wild card, how it stands. Dodgers are currently uh, – they'd be hosting the wild card game. They have an 11-and-a-half game lead um, for the top wild card slot, the Cincinnati Man, Reds. that sucks. Right? That, that, that's why they're going to have to change the format too because that is enough, not enough of an – of no, award no it's, it's, it's ridiculous just, it's like, just like the year that there was the three uh nl central teams cubs mm-hmm. pirates and cardinals yeah. who were all like yeah. 100 win seasons mm-hmm. and yeah, that was... either the pirates or the cubs just were going to get screwed over no matter what yeah pirates right. win 97 games have to have a one game playoff against jake arietta Peak Jake Arrieta. Peak Jake Arrieta. Yeah. Here's your between Jake Arrieta and Peak Jake Arrieta. Yeah. Yeah. But the Dodgers, they have a 214 positive run differential. The Reds are plus 38. So almost a 200 uh, run gap between first in the wild card and second in the wild card. Uh, And then you have the Padres. They're currently setting out two games back. The Cardinals, three and a half games back. Phillies, five back. And Mets, eight back. Um, and then Rockies 11 back. But uh, so I think it's really just down to um, if it's going to be Padres or Reds, because I, I don't think, like I, we mentioned this earlier, Cardinals, I don't think we'll, we'll catch up to them. Um, their little hot streak will probably run out shortly. Phillies, it's either division or bust, Mets division or bust. So yeah, it's going to be either uh, Reds or Padres taking that second wild card, and they will be going to either San Francisco or LA to face the Dodgers. Um, Gosh, that, that, that'd be the most – I think that'd be one of the most lopsided wild card games in history, Dodgers versus whoever they face. Um, it'd be more entertaining if it's Dodgers-Padres. But One game, though, you never know. Yeah. yeah. That's the, be- the beauty of baseball. And as, like, as maddening as it is, and especially if the Dodgers lose that game, it kind of would feel like this isn't right. But it, there's so much drama. And I feel like just because they are going to probably switch the format, I'm going to really enjoy these wild card games because it might be the last ones we ever see. Yep, yep. Yeah. I think but we might get we might get Yankees, Red Sox, Dodgers, Padres. I mean, although we discussed probably not Dodgers, Padres, but yeah. even Dodgers, Reds would be incredible to yeah. go along with Yankees, Red Sox. That, that would just be epic. Yep, it's going to be fun. What, the October 5th? Yeah, the Yankees, I think that's Red when the wild card games are? Something like that. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, uh, Red Sox wild card game is just like a dream. Also, ESPN has that game, so you know A Rod is literally just 
Oh yeah, dying and they want that. They want that so bad. God, that'd be so funny if the Yankees and Red Sox both just had major collapses and it ended up being like Royals A's. <laughs> ESPN would be so pissed. Yeah. Oh, that'd be funny. Uh, um, some news and notes before we wrap up today. Uh, Miguel Cabrera hit his 500th home run. Uh, he's probably not going to get to 3,000 hits this year, but he'll likely get it done in April of next year. Um, so congrats to him. Sucks that he couldn't get it done in, in Detroit. It, ha- it was in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. um, Otani, Shohei Otani. I think the uh, for sure now the lock for AL MVP. He becomes the first angel to hit 40 home runs and steal 20 bases in a season, and also the first angel lefty to hit 40 home runs. Um, I remember before the season started, if you if you like if you, I, I don't think we ever did this, we did like an over and under how many home runs Otani's going to hit. I would have set that number at like honestly, I would have set it at like 25 or 30. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say like I, I would have set it at the high end like. 33 35 but i probably would have guessed 28 to 30 yeah yep exactly exactly but now he has 41 and there's still a a little over a month to go um i think you'll end up with 44 that's my guess Uh, guess. isn't he at 41 right now yep Mm -hmm. he can get he get to yeah I'd say 44 45 is likely he could touch 50 that'd be so cool That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. I really be, hope. Be, yeah, if he can hit nine more. Just because this, like, you, you just never know with, well, with any player, but especially a player like Otani, you don't ever know if he's going to be this good on both sides of the ball ever again. Like, it's possible he does this for five more years. It's possible he does it for another year or two. It's possible he doesn't ever do it again. So being able to see, like, a 50-homer season with uh, dominating 120 innings on the mound is just – yeah it's something that we'll just remember forever um, whether he does it for five more years or never again. So it it would just be cool for him to get 50, even if he doesn't though, 44, 45, whatever the number he gets to it, it's incredible. Right. Yes. What uh, Vladdy's behind him right now with 36 or 37, something like that. Salvia's is 37. (laughs) But I think think Vlad is more. I think Vlad is like 38. But yeah, Salvia's actually going to get to 40 homers. Oh my gosh! That's yeah, what if I told? Yeah, what if I told you? The league. What if I told you going into the season that the home run leader race would be Vladdy Guerrero, Shohei Otani, and Salvi Perez? Might have believed you on Vlad. Stretch on Otani. No chance I would have believed you on Salvi. I, I was just saying recently I have Salvi on my fantasy team, but I drafted him 150th. And I was not happy with the pick. I thought that I stretched to take him and it was like way too high and that he was going to be mediocre. And now he has 37 homers. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so the home run leaders right now, Tani with 41, Salvi with 37, Vladdy with 36, Tatis with 35, and Marcus Simeon with 32. Also so impressive. Yeah. Simeon doesn't really get on base a ton, but 32 powers from a middle infielder, he's going to get paid. Yeah. <laughs> Big time. Big time. No qualifying offer anymore on him either. So I would expect 100 mil. <laughs> Easily. Yeah. Um, yeah. Otani has a chance to get, I mean, what he's, I know our, no one really cares much about RBIs anymore, but he has 89 RBI. Um, 
OPS for the first time finally dipped below a thousand. I was going to say at, I'm, I'm, I saw that recently. I was mad. Yeah, I really want him to be able to Darn, hit 50 sucks. homers with an OPS over a thousand. But the, I know that's getting. But you know what? But if he gets the 50 home runs, that OPS will climb over a thousand again. Oh yeah. Um, so he, he saw a shot, and then yeah, 20 stolen bases. It's just mm-hmm. like, how are you? How? 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 I don't get it. Um, Yadier Molina announced that next season will be his final season. He's a 10-time All-Star, two-time World Series champion, nine-time Gold Glove winner, a Silver Slug Award winner, and a four-time Platinum Glove winner. Um, first, I know this has been like a debate for a while. He'll be like a first ballot Hall of Fame or whether he'll be a Hall of Famer at all. Um, I remember like a few years ago, I was kind of like, I think he'll be fringe. I just didn't really see a first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, definitely not ballot. And then, uh, I was like, I don't know if his career numbers will get him in, but now I think it's pretty obvious that he will, uh, considering he's, he's done like the fact that he's been with the Cardinals his whole career and he's had, he has the most games caught, um, on one single team in history. I think that will uh, sit well, all of the, uh, you know, defensive awards, the gold gloves and the platinum gloves that he's gotten all the all-star appearances and just what he's meant to the Cardinals franchise. I think we'll get him. A, uh, he'll be a first ballot Hall of Famer once it's all said and done. Do you guys agree? I agree, but I think that the only reason, or not the only reason, but I think that the reason he will be is because he's a catcher. I think for really every other position, the numbers have really done a good job, and it's pretty easy to tell just looking at someone's Fangraphs page if they're a Hall of Famer. But there's so much that goes into catching that is unquantifiable or if it is quantifiable it's kind of iffy and the measurements are kind of all over the place and do you really trust the framing numbers especially from when they're going back like to the beginning of Yachty's career and stuff like that or comparing him to people from longer ago like it just all the catching stuff is a little bit iffy so I think that the narratives play up for catchers compared to other positions you're talking about like gold gloves and silver sluggers for a left fielder I don't think it really matters I think you're looking at his OPS plus and his war and everything like that. You're still looking at that for Yachty, but I think that the narrative is going to take over because he's a catcher, because he was on the Cardinals for so long, because he's thrown out so many base runners. That is a quantifiable stat you can look at, but also just um, whatever the, the, they always show those stats of like the difference in team ERA when Yachty's catching compared to when other Cardinals catchers are catching and stuff like that. People are going to, you know, gravitate towards those numbers. And I, I don't think he'll be anywhere close to unanimous, but I think that he will be a first ballot just because we, we really don't know so much about catchers. And if you're going to let any catchers in, it's going to, it's going to be Yachty. I mean, they're, they're talking about Sal Perez as possibly being on a hall of fame trajectory. And if he's on a hall of fame trajectory, Yachty definitely is. Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just wild. The, the difference between baseball reference war and fan graphs war for Yachty. Exactly. Um, for example, like fan graphs has about 41.9 career okay 41.9 which is you know once again especially for catcher that's very fringe but then for on fan graphs 55.4 it's like whoa 13 and a half yeah, so point difference <laughs> 40 40 would not get you in and yeah 55 is like i think that's around what vlad had yeah but then yeah and the fact that you're a catcher right for sure yeah and you just yeah and like you don't i don't like to do any like old school sort of tallies but it like Yachty is one of those types of people who was just on the same team his whole career approval ratings through the roof like just one of those types of feel good get in the hall of fame type of players that I couldn't get mad about even if they're even if his numbers aren't like 
quite where they need to be. Well, I think too, he has just enough offense where you can justify all those like unquantifiable leadership type things that everyone always talks about with Yachty. Like if he was, you know, Jeff Mathis at the plate and everyone was like, oh no, but he's really good defensively. You'd be like, well, you know, he's so bad (laughs) that he, you know, he gave all of it back, but he actually had some really good seasons offensively and overall was an above average offensive catcher. Like obviously compared to all other hitters, he wasn't above average, but when you compare him to only catchers, he was an above average offensive player. So that only adds to that value as well. So yeah, I, I would be surprised if he doesn't make it, but it's just, again, it's, it's so tough with catchers. You mentioned the war gap and that just shows it's not, it's almost not even worth looking at catcher war. It's kind of like reliever war. Like it's just not even worth looking at. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, which which was more impressive uh, over the last few weeks? The fact that the Orioles lost 19 straight, the Yankees won 12 straight, or the Braves won nine straight? Which one stuck out to you guys the most? Uh, Jesse, I'll start with you. Uh, well, the one that stuck out the most was the Yankees winning 12 straight because everyone okay. was talking about it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I didn't even realize that the Orioles had lost 19 straight until they Okay, so I wasn't the only one. Yeah, no. Good. Yeah, they won Good. that I game. They, really like, they, that. they ended their 19-game losing streak. I'm like, hold, wait, what? <laughs> I the first okay. time I heard of their losing streak was when they were at 17. That's what I was going like, to say. I think that Sam was the said first time I heard about. It. I saw. Yeah. Like, how do you go? <laughs> how do you go 17 games losing and keep it so under the radar? And that's with John Means coming back from injury. Like, he's been in the rotation yeah. now, so you would think that they would at least be able to get a win yep and of course there, it but. finally happened on the night they were facing Shohei Otani I mean Otani didn't get the loss or anything but still it was an, a day that he was starting um Poor baseball for you that, that that's like the most baseball thing ever um yeah that, that, that's a good point the fact that the Yankees won 12 straight I think that one's the one that's that definitely stuck out the most but I was most impressed by the Braves winning nine straight and taking a hold a hold of that division um I think that's the one that, that really stuck out, stuck out to me the most there. Um, injuries, not fun. Kenta Maeda and TJ Antone undergo elbow surgery. Uh, TJ Antone is Tommy John. Kenta Maeda, is it Tommy John or is it just another elbow surgery? So they said it, he needs elbow surgery. And then they mentioned in the article that I was reading, they were talking about, I don't know if you guys remember this guy, Kent Emanuel. He pitched a little bit for the Astros earlier yeah, this year. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. So he had elbow surgery, and they said that it was, like, not exactly like Tommy John. And so his recovery was nine months, which Tommy John is, like, 12 to 14. Mm-hmm. So Maeda, I think they're good. They essentially, like, go into your elbow, and then they assess it while they're doing the surgery of, like, what they need to do. Yeesh. So Maeda's going to have some sort of surgery. It'll be determined how long he'll be out. And that's such such a bad blow for the Twins who were – probably hoping to contend next year in, in a bad division. And I mean, they gave up Barrios, but other than that, they have a lot of their pieces coming back. They have some good young players. They had money, money to spend. Um, hope, they'll have to hope Donaldson can stay healthy, but he's been better recently. Um, so it's a tough blow for them. It's also a tough blow for Maeda because his contract is the most incentive-based contract you will ever see. His base salary is $3 million a year. I don't mm-hmm. know if you guys remember when he came over with the Dodgers, yeah. he had medical issues then with his elbow. And so the Dodgers gave him like, it was like eight years, 40 million or something like ridiculous like that. But the incentives could take it up to like over a hundred based on innings pitched or game started and stuff like that, just to make sure that he stayed healthy. So if he misses games, it's not like other players where, you know, they sign their 
five years, a hundred million dollar contract, then they get hurt. They still get that 20 million. Maeda, the difference between him pitching and not pitching is going to be like $15 million, $20 million. I know he's going to lose a lot of money. So obviously when he's made as much as he has, it's not a major deal, but it still is kind of, you know, another unfortunate blow for him, not only to have the injury, not only to have to rehab, but then to lose 15 to $20 million on top of it. It's tough. Yeah, it's super tough. He was my um <laughs> my scion yeah. pick at the beginning of the year. Not 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 your best pick that you've ever made, but nope. that's all right. We all get some wrong at some point. Yep. My picks look Big pretty time. good with Walker Bueller. Yeah, that's looking that amazing. One, that, that one is. Yeah, I'm excited to break down the races uh, for awards as we um, get in the next few pods here. Uh, yeah. A few other injury notes, real quick. Reese Hoskins out for the season with after getting abdominal surgery. We already touched on that. Big big blow for the Phillies. Uh, Chris Andy Bassett Mitchell. got hit in the head. Oh yeah, sorry. My other one. Yeah, uh, and then Chris Bassett underwent successful surgery to repair his facial fractures from that uh, from when he got hit in the head. And Did you then guys see Jacob, that play? Yeah, yeah, yeah it was the Bassett play. My God, wild. Ugh. that was like, rough. At first, I it looked think, like he was bleeding out of his ear, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, God, no. yeah." That and the Pilar uh, when Pilar got hit in the face earlier this yeah. year, those were just mm-hmm. awful to watch. Um, and then Jacob DeGrom is expected in mid, mid-late September to make a comeback just in time for fantasy playoffs for Ryan. <laughs> uh, I can't oh, believe you got him. Wait, not, Bassett, not mad about that. Is Bassett, is he, is he not coming back? Like, is there any chance he comes back for, like, playoffs or anything? Postseason. Like yeah, postseason. Yeah, it sounded, there's, there's it sounded like he would be, like, ready right as the regular season was over. Mm-hmm. So if they made the playoffs or made a run, then he could be back. But Yeah, because at least he doesn't have any bodily injury that would, like, unless his vision's, like, off or something, then he should be able to pitch just fine, just wear a mask or something. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, we haven't done this, this segment in a while. Uh, who's winning the war? Who's leading in uh, fan graphs war? in Major League Baseball right now. So, offensively, who do you guys think is leading? Offensively, uh, over, like, not, for the whole season? Touch, yes, touchy. yeah, for the whole season, all baseball. Um, it's not Vlad. Vlad's in second. He's at 5.2. Tatis is sixth at 4.8. Really? Um, we, were, we, we kind of brought him up earlier. He's uh, one of the home run leaders. Otani? Mm-mm. Otani leads in overall, overall, you know, like, if mm-hmm. you encompass both. Uh, it's Marcus Semyon. Wow. 5.4 wow. wins above replacement. Marcus Semyon is the offensive he leader is, in war. Because he has a lot of defensive value as well, right? Yep. yep. So when you're talking about overall position player, yeah. Semyon, cool his defense, his power. Yeah. So, yeah, so, uh, I mean, yeah, so Semyon and, Gr- and Vladdy, two Blue Jays at the top there. How That's are really the cool. Blue Jays not better, man? Their failure to address their bullpen is just maddening. Because the top three of the rotation – Simeon, an MVP candidate. Springer's been hurt, but so good. Vlad, an MVP candidate. This offense is just so, so yeah. good. Yeah. It's so good. Um, Anyways, keep going. Yeah, I was going to say, and then who do you guys think is leading for pitchers? <coughs> uh, Garrett Cole. Walker Bueller. No, Garrett Cole's in third, 4.7. Corbin Burns is in second with 5.9. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Wheeler. Yeah, so Wheeler and Burns are actually tied for first with five point nine. Wow. Yeah, I did. Rem- I did remember seeing that recently. Actually, that yeah. Wheeler and Burns were first. 
Um, but the Good overall stuff. leader in war uh, with a Otani. combined 7.1 <laughs> is Shohei Otani. Okay, so I'm definitely going to be right when I said that he was going to finish under 10. Um, that also yeah. would have been yeah. cool if he could have gotten that double digits, but the, the offense or, or the volume on the pitching side won't be there. But yeah. even if he gets to 8, that's an inc- incredible, incredible season. Where is yeah, Otani so... offensive war numbers? Offensive, I he's, think he's, he's like around four, 5. Four point, yeah, I, I think he was 10th he in offensive war. It's not bad. Not bad at all. Not bad. I'm trying to see what his uh, uh, baseball reference war is. 7.8. Okay. It was at, at 8.1 last week, I remember, um, on baseball reference, but whatever. That doesn't matter. Good stuff, guys. Um, one thing I did want to bring up in the last three minutes that we have here, um, in, uh, last words. So do you remember the Atlantic League is doing the uh, – they moved the mound back a little no. bit? So in the three weeks, uh, they did like a, a test, a pre and post test, uh, mm-hmm. batting average down by 1%, slugging up by one and a half percent, runs per nine down by 1%, home runs per nine up by 8%, uh, runs per game down by 1%, walks per nine down by 8%, K per nine up by 0.6%, and then whip is down by three and a half percent. So overall, the Not- only... Not, Not major changes, really. Yeah. The yeah, only, it's only big a, it's things. Small sample, but. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, only three weeks, but still, like, the only big, big things were home runs were up by 8% and walks were down by around 8%. That's really about it. Everything else is like roughly 1% margins. So. I want to shoot out a quick attaboy to uh, Patrick Wisdom. Mm-hmm. Yesterday was his thirtieth home was his thirtieth birthday. He hit two home runs against the White Sox, and he's now one home run away from tying Chris Bryant's franchise uh, rookie home run record in about two thirds wow. of the at bats. Yeah, I was going to so, say, and he was just be, like a, a waiver a waiver claim from the Cardinals at the beginning of the year. I know he's just he's just like a he's not like a normal prospect. He's just like a journeyman guy who all of a sudden is hitting absolute moonshots. His power is legit. Yeah, it's legit, and it's good to see. But it was, it was really cool to see him hit those two bombs yesterday on his 30th birthday. It's just you know, like a cool, feel-good story for him, for sure. Yeah. I like him. Yeah, he's a, he's a, I think he's probably going to be the best, uh, um, you know, the best player, I guess, in the team moving forward. <laughs> best player. He's going to be the best player of a bad Cubs team. Once we're yeah. good – once he's not our best player, you know we'll start uh, turning things around. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Exactly. How many more years of control does he has? Does he have? Is he, like- he would have a bond. I mean, he's he's a, technically a rookie, isn't he? Yeah. Wow. So then he would have the five, <laughs> six years of control. Like wow. That's why so, some some of these late bloomers, you feel bad for them because they're literally not even arb eligible until they're like thirty thirty three. That's kind of, that's kind of what happened to Josh Donaldson, actually. Yeah. He, he did end up getting his big contract, but you guys remember that was kind of a big deal in his free agency is that he was so old because it had taken him so long um, to get there. Yep. So that's, that's yep. a tougher path for some of these older guys. Yep. Wisdom will be underpaid for a while, but we'll see if he can keep it up. Yep. It will either be useful for us or a good trade tool eventually. So love it. Good stuff today, guys. Um, yeah, coming into September. September starts next week. And we are going to be ramping up postseason talk, playoff predictions, oh, yeah. award pr- uh, predictions, all that uh, good stuff coming up. But for this week, for Ryan and Jesse, I'm Fernando. Have a good one, everyone.
Peace.